We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hi, this is Cheryl Broderson, and I'm in studio with my friend and co-host, Robin jones Gunn, And we're so excited to be here again. Robin and I absolutely love these women. We love talking about Mm -hmm. them. But we were just talking about how we keep falling in love with these women. Oh, yeah. we. I think when we get to heaven, Cheryl, you and I should host like the best tea party and just everybody. I'm so excited. And all of you listening, you're invited. Oh, yes. <laughs> because and, right. you'll feel like you already know all these other women who right. are already there. Yeah, and we'll have some royalty because I've talked about Catherine oh, yes. Parr, so we have to invite her. Too. Yes. And Queen Elizabeth is definitely coming. Do you think they have tea in heaven? I don't know. I, I think that Gabriel <laughs> must have a tea house. You know, I was thinking in, in a episode. We probably ought to at some time talk about Queen Elizabeth. Wouldn't that be fun? That would really be fascinating. Yeah, because she... Because there's so much more that's coming out that's just really intriguing of the layers of her life. It, there really is. But that's not who we have today. No. But we do have some very interesting, um, a very interesting woman to talk about. And Robin, who did you bring to the studio with you? My friend whom I've not yet met. (laughs) Her name is Lucy Thurston. She was among the very first company of missionaries who went to the Hawaiian Islands and brought the gospel. I love this because we, Robin and I talked privately, well, not like private privately, but (laughs) one of our first conversations. Um, Robin lived in Hawaii and I was telling her that my mom used to go to our family, my mom, would go to Hawaii, and my mom would go straight to the Missionary Museum. Yeah, my mom knew these people, and she'd say, you know, James Missioner did not get the story oh, right. absolutely. He he did, you know, what all novelists do. He took a composite of so many different women, so many different lives. There were 186 men and women wow. who were sent out uh, it, it, as missionaries to Hawaii over a period of about almost 40 years. So to take a little bit from each of their stories and the history at that time, it's a complex time in history. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you you have that same passion that my mother had. Oh, Because that's yeah. what you were saying. Oh, I love the missionaries. I've been to that museum. And it was so fun to have that commonality right away. Yes. And, and that you loved these women. And, and par- partially probably because you did live in Hawaii. We did. We were there 10 years the second time. The first time, time we were there about a year, but we went every chance we could That's get. That's my parents, yes. Yep. And I, you would hear little bits of stories about Hawaiian history and think, really, is that true? And especially against the missionaries, there mm-hmm. was such a common negative sense of that the missionaries had done more harm than good. So I started digging, as you and I love to do. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can get back to the books that were written 100 years ago and what was said. And, and how can we pull up a story that has as many elements? And that's true of Lucy. There's so many factors, but by looking at one woman who loved the Lord and wanted to serve him and to just see that dedication, that's that's what really speaks to my heart. And, you know, too, it wasn't the missionaries that came. It From what I've heard, it was the second and third generation who right. didn't have that passion, who exploited. 
And we're not denying that there was exploitation, but it wasn't the first missionaries. Right. And boy, I don't think I want to be held responsible for what my great-grandchildren do. (laughs) You know, the Lord deals with each of us as individuals. I don't even want to be responsible for what my great-grandparents did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So So either way, yes. So we've got, these stories have to be told. There's a beautiful Hawaiian saying, it's, um, and it just means, let the story be told. Love it. So that's what we're going to do today, is tell the story of Lucy Thurston. And I am pretty sure we will have to look at a couple other women who had such an impact on the Hawaiian Islands I love it. in the f- future podcasts. But let's start with Lucy. But I have to tell you just this little bit of the background on Hawaii, because this ancient Hawaiian culture that was um, brought into the islands, the most remote place on the earth, 2,500 miles from any other land. Wow. And here came the seafaring Polynesians thousands of years ago, and they settled there. Do you know they had one triune god they worshipped that had three in one? Wow. Does that sound familiar? Yes. And it was Ku, Kane, and Lono, which we would have the understanding of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Wow. It was then about a 1,000... Uh, A.D. that the Tahitians came, a more warring people with polytheistic approach with... Human sacrifice, right? Yes, human sacrifice. They brought the laws that were lifted up the royalty and then Mm. really put down the commoners. Mm. So that was a thousand years of the... Oppression. Yes, yes. That the whole culture had been steeped in that. So much so that there was understanding from those very early explorers that there were two different races of people there, the commoners who were malnourished and wild, and then the ali'i, the royalty, who were six feet tall plus and 300 pounds and yes. warriors. And it was just because of that sort of caste system that had been developed. So... When Captain James Cook from Great Britain, this explorer, uh, sailed into the Hawaiian waters, it was 1778. And when he came in, it was during the season of Makahiki, which is like harvest, and the Hawaiians saw these sails, and it was a prophecy that Lono, the spirit god, would return. So they see this bird-like ship coming in, and they began to treat Captain Cook and the other sailors as deity. That was the first impact contact mm. from the outside world. And it, it, it began to leave the disease, the, all the problems. Captain Cook did not survive after several months being there. I think they realized he wasn't deity. Uh, there was a scuffle over Hawaiians that were going to steal a little boat he was. He went on shore to take the chief, and and Captain Cook was stabbed in the back and wow. died. Mm-hmm. And that sent those sailors back to Great Britain with not only news of what had happened, but also there's a place on this world that has been unknown mm. till this point. Mm-hmm. So here came all the explorers and. 
sailors and traders from China and mm -hmm. Russia and Germany. And, and all coming to exploit. Portugal. And yeah, yeah, the land grab you've often mm -hmm. talked about in mm -hmm. history. What's here for us? What can we mm -hmm. take? So when those ships were leaving and going back in um, 1808, there was a young man, 16 years old, Hawaiian, Opukaya, and he signed on as a, a crew with an American ship. He had many adventures. The, the ship captain called him Henry, mm -hmm. give him a Western name. He ended up in Connecticut. And Henry was sitting on the steps at Yale University weeping. Mm. And uh, one of the other students, Edwin Dwight, came up and said, what, why are you crying? And Henry said, I, I don't have learning. I don't understand. Here he had been going to the church and the classes and hearing about this God, but he didn't. He said, my father never told me, how can my people have this learning? Mm. And so this Yale student took him into his door and began to teach him to read and write. And Henry was brilliant, just brilliant. He began to... Um, take classes. He came to Christ. He was baptized. He shocked everyone in that New England culture because he was he was so intelligent. Hawaiian is so similar to Hebrew that Obukaya translated Genesis from the Hebrew into Hawaiian. Wow. He had wow. so many classes at universities there. He had the equivalent of a PhD. Wow. So what happened is he began speaking in the churches. And for the first time, the people of New England realized that those savages, those indigenous people around the world that we have written off because they are not capable of learning, they are without hope, suddenly here was one who showed them, no, and we want you to come and teach us. Who will come and teach my people? So this great message was going out in New England and there were many in the schools and in the churches that were having their hearts stirred. Who's mm -hmm. going to go tell mm -hmm. these lost people of the world? During that time, Henry is only 26 years old, and he comes down with typhus mm -hmm. and dies. Oh. It's shocking. Mm -hmm. His funeral uh, was um, done by Lyman Beecher, who is the wow. father of yes. Harriet Beecher Stowe. There you go. And Lyman said his death will awaken a tender sympathy for Owyhee. Mm. That's what they called it then, the Sandwich Islands or Owyhee. And it, that was true because this friend, Edwin, who had taught him to read, put together a little 100-page booklet, and it was the life of um, Henry Obukaya. That little booklet went everywhere. Everyone read it. Everyone had their hearts stirred toward foreign missions. So a group was formed. It had already been formed, but it became more intent about getting missionaries into the foreign field, specifically to Hawaii. And uh, the first bunch that all left, it was only a year after Henry's death. Wow. They set sail from Boston. It took them five and a half months to get there. There were seven couples, but get this, six of those couples had all married within a month before sailing. Oh, no. That's not a, that's not a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a honeymoon. Oh, what and an adjustment. four of those women were pregnant oh my. on right before, during the trip. So 
five and a half months on a ship around Cape Horn with seasickness and <laughs> right, yes, and adjusting to marriage. Yeah, I mean, marriage is an adjustment, and knowing where they were going on a ship. Yes. All the information they had from Obukaya was savage, human sacrifice. We don't know what will happen. The royalty may accept you or they may not. Wow. And they knew they'd never see their home and families again. There were four Hawaiian men that were on the ship with them returning home. So they were able to teach Hawaiian mm. to these young couples. All the, all the couples were um, in their early 30s or their 20s, except one family— uh, husband and wife, and they had five children. So on that ship, the Thaddeus, there was a family. And that proved to be such a God thing because when the Hawaiian royalty saw them, that they brought their women and children, they said, you can stay wow. for one year and we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But none of the other sailors or the land grabbers, right, the, the explorers, they never brought right. the women or children. Right. No. So like, You're different. That's Why are so you good. here? Yes, so when they came sailing into the waters of Big Island and they are coming around the north end of the island, all looking out, and here is a outrigger canoe coming towards them. It's a couple of fishermen. They have hardly any clothes on, of course. They look wild. They're yelling and chanting and waving things. All the women on board wept. Oh. What have we done? <laughs> what have we gotten yes. ourselves into? Right. And then as they came around on the uh, west side of the island. Which island is this? Oh, this is the big island okay. of Hawaii. Yeah, big yep. island. So okay. they, where, they, where they docked is close to um, Kailua Kona, okay. which we know today as Kona. And that whole part of the island was where the royalty was established at that time. Mm -hmm. And they came sailing and and they're uh, as the ship is docked, they're waiting to see what has happened in the islands. The Hawaiian men are listening for news, and L Lucy, our Lucy Thurston, is in her cabin. She opens her little portal, and there's some young young children in a little boat, little outrigger, and they came up and they yelled up to her, "Wahini," which is woman. Are you a girl? Like. What? <laughs> Wahini? She said yes. And then they gave her a banana oh. and she had some biscuits. And so she tossed down a little biscuit and they said, Maikai, which is sort of oh, lovely, pleasant. Mm. And it was just enough for her to, she wrote in her journal, just that sense of the welcoming, the connecting. Um, How old is she at this time? Well, let me tell you. Oh. She, <laughs> she, was uh, 23 years old, mm -hmm. and I have to tell you her love story, because she was born in Massachusetts in 1795, and she came from a, a prosperous family, well-educated, she became a teacher, she was a devout congregationalist, and as I was mentioning how the American Board of Commissioners for Foreign Missions grew uh, after Obukaya's death, they collected a list of missionary-minded women who were considered, this was on the list, young, pious, educated, fit, and 
reasonably good looking. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> Why? That is hilarious. <laughs> and Lucy's name was on that list. Wow. So in 1819, unexpectedly, in September, Lucy's cousin comes for a visit and says, I want to tell you about this man named Asa. He is a farmer. He, he um, would make scythes. Is that how you say the word? Like sickle scythes to cut the, yeah, the wheat? Scythes. Scythes, yes. Scythes. So Something. he heard Henry Obukaya yeah. speak at a church and Asa's heart was stirred. Mm-hmm. He went to seminary to prepare for the mission field. So here's Lucy's cousin telling her about, hey, I think you should meet this guy. And he signed up to go to the Sandwich Islands. Wow. That's what they were being referred to at that time. So Lucy said that she couldn't sleep for days after he gave her this idea that maybe she should marry Asa. And she decided that if God would grant his grace, she would carry his light to the countrymen of Obukaya. And she said, after this decision, I could contemplate the subject with a tranquil mind and unmoved feelings. So her cousin set up the meeting. Here came Asa. Family met, they had a meal and left those two to talk. And Lucy wrote that. She's such a little romantic. She wrote... Two of similar aspirations introduced at sunset as strangers to separate at midnight as interested friends. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> cute. So cute. Three weeks later, they were married. No. Asa's promise to her was, you shall have my care and love till these hands and this heart are cold. Wow. Eleven days wow. after that, they set sail. Unbelievable. Lucy was 24 and Asa was 31. Okay. Older man. Barely knowing each other with all these other couples. Wow. Hey, how long have you been married? Right. Six days. Oh, um, 11 for us. We're the old timers here. Right. So uh, she later wrote that when she gave her hand to Mr. Thurston and came out from my father's house to go far away to the land of the unknown. How long was that journey again? Five and a half months. Five and a half months. Wow. To go out to, yes, to go out to the land of the unknown. I felt assured of the care and friendship of my precious friend, but my expectations have been more than realized to be connected with such a husband and engaged in such an object in the present state of this world is of all situations in life, what I choose. Oh, that's precious. Yeah. So she remained faithful, lived to 81 years old, and spent her life on the Big Island of Hawaii, giving herself, herself and, and her husband as well, to the education, to the evangelization, to loving the people of that island. Mm. It's just, I can't wait to meet her, like yes. we've been saying. yes. So they uh, moved into a grass hut in Kona. They were there seven months. It was terrible because the fleas were bad. When they were brought food, it was baked dog. No. They just couldn't quite bring themselves to eat it. But the big news was that when they sailed in to the big island and the big news was that King Kamehameha the Great had died 11 months earlier. And when he died, all of the old um, 
kapu, the, the, the laws, the rules, we'd probably call them taboos, were abolished. The old worship places were torn down. The tiki gods were destroyed. Wow. And this was all before anyone knew that there were missionaries coming. God had prepared those people. And there was almost a void in their faith or who do we look to? So the missionaries kept saying, we come to tell you of creator God, the mm-hmm. one true God. And those who remembered the old chants remembered, we used to believe mm-hmm. in the one true God, the mm-hmm. triune God. Wow. Now tell us about him. Wow, their hearts were so prepared. Yes, yes. And these laws were crazy, like women couldn't eat bananas, but then here's these children offering a banana to the, the woman on the boat. Like all those, yes. if, if a royal person was walking along and their shadow happened to fall on you, you could be killed. There were just lots of reasons why life was so... I remembered something reading one law, and I can't remember what it was, but a man would have to knock out his tooth. Right. If he... In in mourning and in loss of... To show his sorrow. Grief, yeah. Yeah. He'd have to knock out a tooth? Yeah, or an eye. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad those laws became taboo. Well... Think how glad Lucy was. Yes. <laughs> All of them. And they probably said, this is not what we, 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 yes. we knew that we could arrive and yes. be killed. Right. We knew that and we signed right. up for that. Right. But this is a completely different world. But it's, it's, you know, it's those little things that get to you with that missionary zeal when it starts to wane. So seven months sleeping Please. with the fleas and the offered Odd. dog. And the Hawaiians were so curious. They... She said down to the, they wanted to just examine her fingernails and her hair and her clothes. And sometimes she'd have up to 80 that were surrounded, their little thatched uh, hut. Yes. Just what is she going to do next? Yes. Yes. So um, they had a partner couple that was assigned to stay with them. And he was a doctor. And they only lasted four months. Wow. And returned to New England. So there they were alone. And just began the work of, there's no alphabet, there's no written language. And Asa was a one, a one of the missionary men who was intentional about getting the language put together. The women helped. They were the, these missionaries scattered on the different islands. But when Lucy was alone one day, and she had some, what she called her scholars, in her hut with her, and she was still learning Hawaiian, but teaching them, all of a sudden, a pagan priest who was no longer honored because all the old temples had been destroyed, this pagan priest came into the hut. He's barely clothed. He's drunk. Mm. And he starts chasing her. Everyone leaves. And she's running away to try and get away from this intoxicated crazy man, she picks up a piece of wood and whacks him on the arm, which startles him enough for her to run. She runs a quarter of a mile to where Asa is teaching. And all the people that had left, her scholars, had all gone to tell Asa what was going on. He came back. The women, the royalty, they all gathered around her. They they wept on her. They comforted her. They held her hands. Wow. They just And the king, the now when com- 
Kamehameha the Great died. His son, Liholiho, became king. He was only 21, six foot four, I believe, uh, just really loved to drink mm-hmm. and had very uh, little interest in the learning. So he would give the laws and the rules, but he, he said because the Thurstons were under his protection that this priest should be killed. And Asa said, no, I want to show him mercy. Mm. He had this opportunity to Mm -hmm. show what that meant. God has given me grace and mercy. Mm. I want to give that to him. And Lucy agreed. Mm -hmm. They heard sometime later that that priest had gone to another missionary couple, repented and wanted to know Christ. Wow. (laughs) And his life had been spared Mm -hmm. for the kingdom, truly. Wow. Yes. So when this is all happening, Lucy wrote, this is one of my favorite things she wrote. While my husband looked after the people, the angels looked after me. In all my years, not a hair of my head was singed. Wow. And she was the only missionary woman that there was ever report that she'd been Mm. someone had attempted Mm -hmm. to attack or molest her. So... They moved on to Honolulu for three years. She had two babies while they were there at the frame house in Honolulu, which is where your yes, mom my mother go. used to love to go there, right? Yes. So that was Lucy Thurston's home for a while. Mm-hmm, because it had just been built, all of the wood shipped, you know, from mm-hmm. New England. Oh, right. And there she is for the... Now, that's where the printing press was located. It took a year and nine months for... Uh, an alphabet to be formed. Wow. And when it was, they began to print on the printing press there. There's only 12 letters in the Hawaiian alphabet. But they did primers and, and pamphlets and books so that they could begin to teach. And the royalty wanted to be the ones who had all the learning first. Mm. So King Liholiho was not interested in learning, but he gave them his nephew who was i think six years old at the time and said teach him Mm -hmm. and he was smart and he learned and that six-year-old boy grew up to become the next king wow king kamehameha the third okay and as a result of his um having that time with the missionaries and that education he was very much influenced by mm-hmm. them bringing the gospel. Mm-hmm. He gave them a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, in 11 years from when they, they started to develop the alphabet and began writing, in 11 years there were over a 1,000 schools wow. in Hawaii. Wow. And within 30 years after their arrival, 75% of the Hawaiian population was literate. It was the highest literacy in oh, yeah. the world. Yes. And first it was just the royalty, the ali'i, but after that, learning was for everyone. You know, starting with the royalty, too, would be an inspiration for the rest. Well, if the royalty's doing right. it, then I want to do that, too. You know? Yeah. And to just elevate them. So... We're actually going to stop there because there's some pretty exciting adventures that they had. But I want to say that with Asa, his um, ability, here's this farmer that went out to serve the Lord. God gave him 
wonderful wife. And his Hawaiian was spoken with great purity and his idiomatic accuracy was so spot on that he often traveled with the royalty. He represented them. He translated for them. Wow. And their love for for the Thurstons was very great. And again, the Thurstons were not exploiting, they were giving. And that makes a huge oh, yes. difference. You know, Brian and I used to call the mission field pay to play. Because <laughs> you don't get anything back. You're you're giving everything just to be able to minister in the name of Jesus. I can't wait to hear her adventures. Yes. So now she has two children when she moves to Honolulu. How old are those children? They are just born in Honolulu. Okay. In the in the Mission Frame House, and the Mission Frame House is a fabulous museum. You, your mother and I would both anyone traveling to Honolulu, if you give a little time to go to the Mission House Museum, they have an archive that has original letters and documents. I've gone in many times, put on the white gloves, and taken the little tweezers and looked at actual writing mm-hmm. from these missionaries. And you know, especially once you know them, like studying them, then you get really really excited about this. So. That was part one of Lucy Thurston, and you're going to have to come back next week to get part two, and I know you will, because I'm coming back for sure. I can't wait to I hear I can't this. wait to tell you. Oh, okay, so until next week, we want to thank you for joining us and being part of our, our tea party, our tea party on yes. Women Worth Knowing. So until next week, this is Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn saying goodbye. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and our new co-host, Robin Jones-Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Robin on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WWK at CCCM.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn.